Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. So I saw some interesting things on the internet, as people normally do. This was a quote from Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington is an actor in the U.S. He's won many awards. But he's also an unapologetically devout Christian man. Now, I'm not going to hyperanalyze the man, okay? He lives and works in Hollywood. I'll say this. He is known to read his new King James Bible every day. But here's what he says. The quote is, uh, is this. Quote, With so many things coming back in style, I can't wait until morals, respect, and intelligence become a trend again. End quote. And I'll be honest, (laughs) I can't agree with him more. These are challenging times. Part of the... Part of the... uh, the air today is basically to just shove God out of everything. I mean, really. Uh, if you talk about the Bible, they want to shut you down. If you talk about uh, faith, they want to shut you down. Um, it's interesting. I was watching, now get this, an Australian program. Australian program. Sky News Australia. And they had a gentleman who had written a book but uh, and they were talking a little bit about the book he had written but but one thing he said I thought was it was super interesting he said that that there really there's an an active attempt to shove and to remove Christianity from pretty much everything Well, so if you basically declare war on God in that way, God ain't going to forget that. But here's here's the issue. People don't like absolutes. And the Bible is definitely an absolute book of absolutes. It's worrisome to people who want to have their own way, want to do their own way, do their own thing, make their own decisions, quote-unquote. To have a document that somebody says, the person who created everything wrote this and it's going to hold you responsible for everything written in it. 
that's unnerving. That's really unnerving to a lot of people. Now, the complication is that most of the time people see the Bible as a whole series of don'ts. You know, don't do this. Don't do, don't, 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 don't. They see the don'ts. And the stuff that they see that is on the do side, they don't see as really that big a deal. Is that positive? Like you shall treat your neighbor as yourself. That's a do. And yes, the Bible says unapologetically, don't do some stuff. For example, it says don't uh, do adultery. Don't cheat on your partner, on your wife or husband. Don't do that. Now, here's the, here's the thing. People see, though, basically is the don'ts as, oh, well, this is ruining my fun. You know, that's just a bunch of, bunch of garbage all put together by a bunch of crazy people. You know. Well, no. No, it's about... Boundaries. Boundaries are good. Um, for example, uh, there's a boundary between the ocean and the air. And if you choose to go to the bottom of the ocean and you can't breathe water, you're going to die. There's a boundary in outer space, in our atmosphere. You go into outer space without oxygen or a suit... You're going to die. It's going to be pretty horrific. Boundaries are good. Because they let us know, and in, in, in many ways, keep us safe. I remember, in the years that I worked in uh, social work, I worked with some really, really, really you know, troubled, messed up kids. Most of my group was 13 to 17. And what they would do is they would push the boundaries. A lot of people resented that. I didn't. At first, I think I did. But then I realized a lot of these kids had had, never had boundaries. Because a lot of the, the kids I dealt with, the parents were, you know, cooking in meth labs and crazy garbage like that. And never gave them any kind of direction at all. So, they would push the boundaries. And then when you would stand firm and give them consequences for violating the boundaries, then they kind of understood, okay, well, so I don't need to go that far. And they would push all, you know, the boundaries because then you define... where your safe space is. And if you think about it, we do we do boundaries which are absolutes. If you have a house, your house ends at your property line. And if you dig up somebody else's yard, 
they're going to come and mention it to you and get really hostile and probably go to the court and do mean things to you. If you, you know, don't respect boundaries, bad things happen. Well, that's what the Bible is. There's pros and cons. These, you know, it, it says these are some things you do. These are the things you don't do. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's a do. Love the, your neighbor as yourself. That's a do. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. <laughs> Those are don'ts. Boundaries. And people look at boundaries as bad. And basically it's to keep us from self-destructing. How is God supposed to give you blessings if you're basically off the chart all the dang time? He can't bless you because you're violating boundaries all the time and there's consequences for that. Now, one thing that I'll have to say, and this principle is universal. In every location on this planet, the freedom to share, the to just open, you know, to share your ideas with other people has to be there. It has to be there. And now you may be thinking, what do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. And I'm, I'm really talking about freedom of thought, freedom of speech. Because in a lot of places, that ain't the case. In a lot of countries, you do you tell people what you think, and they make you a criminal. And they'll throw you in blooming jail. Or worse. But the gospel... The word, the truth of a living God will go forth, and it must be allowed to do so. And if you resist it, you resist the living God, and you put yourself in harm's way. Now, where in the world do I, do I get that? Look at Romans for a moment. And let's look at uh, at ten nine, Romans chapter ten verse nine, and start there for a second. And it goes this way: Paul is just trying to explain how salvation goes out, because a lot of times we try to make salvation very complicated, but God has made it simple on purpose. All right. So Paul starts. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Romans ten nine. He says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, I love that verse. It's not maybe, could be, should be, would be. You will. You will be saved. 
Now let's continue. 10.10 says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, verse 14 is is the linchpin in my opinion. Because Paul's asking kind of a rhetorical question. He already knows the answer. But he's asking these questions because he's trying to drive home the point. And the point is this. How then will they call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Let me repeat that last question. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? There will be preachers, regardless of the consequence, regardless of what anyone says, that will preach the word and the salvation of God, no matter what. And the history books are full of people who've done that and paid the ultimate price for it. Now, this is a do. This is a positive thing. Because it says in verse 12 that for there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. Now, what he's basically saying there is, look, you can be part of the chosen people, you can be a Gentile, in Jesus, you get the same benefit. For the same Lord, which is Jesus, is Lord of all, bestowing his riches, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. Now, does this mean money? Can be, but Jesus has more riches than just coin. There's a whole lot more. So, God's wanting to bless us, and he will bless us, and he will bless those who call on him. But you've got to hear the message, and if somebody's trying to shut you down, they're spitting in the face of the living God, and heaven help them, because God doesn't appreciate that. There's another... Uh, verse someplace it says God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows he also reaps and man there means men or women <laughs> there's a sowing and reaping kind of thing and in some some places people people say you know one modern or not modern but one uh, thought process is karma. 
Hey, you, you know, you throw bad garbage out, it comes right back to you. Uh, this is a lot more personal. This is the living God saying, I will make sure that whatever you're spewing, you're going to get back. And by the way, I honestly believe that principle works the same for saved and lost people. Because if you got a saved person acting like a jerk, they're going to have ugly stuff happen to them. Because God's going to discipline that person. But if you got a lost person doing it, well, unfortunately, they're if they don't if they don't know Jesus, then basically they're the world and Satan's in charge of what's going on, and they're pretty much just going to get it right between the eyes, and that's not a good place to be either. So, absolutes. The Word of God must be allowed to go forward everywhere on this planet, and it will. And there's no way to shut it down. People have been trying to shut down the Word of God for centuries. And they're never going to do it. Why? Because the living God is behind it. And you can't beat up (laughs) the living God. You can't be powerful as the all-powerful. You can say all day, Oh, I don't believe him. I don't believe him. But here's another absolute. Everyone was born, and everyone's going to pass. And when you do, you're going to meet him. And then, you got to answer. If you get a relationship... That answer is a lot different. If you're part of the family, the answer is a lot different. But if you're not, the answer is really hard. So, with that thought in mind, pray for the freedom of thought and the freedom of speech all over. Because I'll be honest, whether somebody cares or, or agrees with me or not, and they just want to say, LA's full of, you know, full of gas, I would like them to be able to have the freedom to express that opinion, and I would like the freedom to express my opinion about their opinion. Because, and because look, I'm a communications person. That's what I got my upper level degrees in. Communication. You can't have communication if one person is shutting you down. That's not communicating. That's dictating. You heard the word dictator? Well, that's what that is. When somebody is just telling you what to say. Say, hey, if, if I want you to have an opinion, I'll give it to you. That's not communication. And believe me, I want a world where we all can communicate. Amen? So, with that in mind, I want you to keep on speaking it on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, 
don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.